Joining me today is business coach Elise Colson, and she is going to walk us through the dream client trifecta, pretty much walking us through three things that we need to know so that we can not only build a business, a sustainable business, but really continue growing it in a way that is sustainable for our business goals, as well as the lifestyle that we want to create for ourselves and those that we love. So let's go ahead and dive in. Hola, I'm Jesenia Bocaneira, and I'm a photographer turned marketing strategist who took a leap of faith and moved 3,000 miles away from home with one camera and one heavy suitcase filled with dreams. In this show, I share a variety of tips, tactics, and candid conversations to help you grow and up-level your business with purpose and joy, one action item at a time. So get comfortable and let's get started. This is the Focus and Bloom Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Focus and Bloom Podcast. And today I'm joined by business coach, Elise Colson. Elise, welcome to the Focus and Bloom Podcast. How are you? I'm so good. Thank you so much for having me. This is, this is just such a great space and I'm excited to talk to you today. Awesome. Well, I'm glad you joined us. As we were starting this, I was messing up and quite a few times. And this is just to let everybody know that, you know, nothing is perfect. And all we need to do is continue trying. <laughs> so in that note, can you so you're a business coach, can you tell us a little bit about more about what it is that you do as a business coach and just a little bit about what got you started? For sure. So um I am a business coach, but I work specifically with freelancing moms to help them create consistent 5K plus months while only working 20 hours a week because we're really focused and have that desire for the lifestyle, not necessarily the type of business owner or entrepreneur who's like super passionate about reaching super high income goals. So like we want the income, but like also don't want to have to work all the time. and so. My goal is to help those freelancers like who started their business, they started doing the thing, they've gained some clients, but now we're ready to like refine some things down. We're ready to focus in a little bit more so that we can actually live the lifestyle that we want to live. So it's it's just like it's super fun to work with those women because their why is so much deeper than just like I want to make a bunch of money, which is totally fine if you're that person, but like when you have something that's deeper than that, it, it shows up differently. I think that's the best way that I could describe it. It just, it just shows up differently. Um, and so I love, I love working with those women and helping them to see how they can actually be really successful as a business owner and still be really successful as a mom, which is something that is such a huge struggle. And so I started my business back in May of 2018. We're coming up on the four-year anniversary, which is just crazy to me. Um, and I started my business as a virtual assistant and helping others. And then through a lot of strife and a lot of struggle, um, I finally ended up niching down to doing content repurposing, which I absolutely love doing as a freelancer. And then in the summer of 2020, I had this like huge calling and things set on my heart by my business coach at the time that was like, I wanted to create a course, but ultimately, or initially the thing that I wanted to do is that I wanted to teach other social media managers how to use content repurposing as like 
the thing that makes them stand out, which I, spoiler, eventually I did create that course, but the, my, my coach was like, Elise, you know that there are other VAs who like don't have the support to continue on in their business. There's a whole bunch of business coaches that are going to help you start your business. And that's awesome. But continuing to run your business looks very different. And there isn't a lot of support for that. And so that was just kind of like the most eye-opening thing of like, holy crap, I have to help these women create sustainable businesses. Because as a mom, that's not, that's not something that's nice to have. That's like necessary. Like you have to have a sustainable business because life is going to continue to happen to you. And your business needs to not be the only thing that's going on. So that's, that's how we got here. I love it. That's very interesting too, that, that even as you were mentioning, it's like not just the starting the business, but really continuing it, sustaining it and and make it sustainable in a variety of ways from the financial aspect, of course, but then that lifestyle, which is what you mentioned. And especially as a mother, then, you know, you have other priorities in addition to, to your, you know, just your business, you have other life priorities that, that would, you know, rank higher. (laughs) Totally. And, and like, there's just, there's so much mindset stuff that has to be worked on. I mean, like every aspect of your business. But I see so many moms, especially who've started this freelancing business because they want more time freedom and they want to be able to work and stay home with their kids. And there's just a lot of stuff. Like you can't run your business long-term the way that you start your business. You just can't. It's not, it's not sustainable. And and like I said, there's just not a lot of coaches that are going to help you in that in-between phase. It almost feels like there's the business coach that's like, cool, let me help you start your job and then or start your business. And then there's other the next level business coach is like, cool, let's get to 10K months. And it's like, do you know how much is in between there? Like, yes. come on. So helping those moms in particular reach consistent income is really one of the biggest driving points and not like overkill it with the amount of time that they're pouring into it. Do you have a, spe- what's your specific, like, um, a specific industry or what, what's the typical trend of the business owners or what type of industry are your clients mostly in? So most of my coaching clients are, um, either virtual assistants, uh, copywriters, social media managers, um, I have a couple of bookkeepers that are in the group with me. The The range is pretty, pretty broad. Um, but the biggest like connecting thing is that they are service providers. They're doing done for you work for other clients. And so it's really just helping them figure out how to leverage the skills that they have and really hone in on like one specific so- skill that they're really good at to then help propel their business and make things a little bit easier for them, quite honestly. Love it. Love it. Okay. So as you, so you, you've had some transition within your business Mm -hmm. and, and, but what is, you know, there's a lot of things that, that really go into, to just developing these systems as you get ready to like put together a new course or, or put together a new service. What is it that you do to get yourself in that creative mood? So that's a really interesting question. I do not feel like (laughs) 
I feel like the creative comes and I just kind of have to ride the wave. I don't necessarily plan for it. And so like, (laughs) I have a former client who um, is really into human design now and like cycle syncing and like has all of that as part of her, her business. And she came in and actually did a guest training in my group coaching program about cycle syncing. And it's so funny because there's parts of your, your cycle that are more creative. And then there's other parts where you just like, don't feel super creative. And so like, can't totally predict when that creativity is coming. But if I were to guess, it's, it's like within that, like, phase of, of your cycle, that is the more like creative phase. And so like, I just kind of take it as it comes. And really, it comes down to not so much like what I want to do. It's more how do I best support the people that I am here and and passionate about helping. So like, anytime that I've made any sort of changes in my group coaching program, it all stems from what are they actually asking of me? Like they're not sitting there and actually telling me that they want this thing, but like, what are they not saying that they're actually saying? And so a couple months ago we were sitting there and you could tell the like zoom fatigue over all of their faces of having these like weekly coaching calls. It was like, this is not the most helpful space. How else can I support the people in this group so that they can actually achieve their goals? The whole purpose of my group coaching program is to take action and actually go do the things and not just like be sitting behind a computer talking about the things that you want to be doing. Um, And so we made some changes. And so like now we only meet twice a month and they have other continued ongoing support through like Boxer so that as they're working through their day-to-day stuff, they can reach out to me. And that has been like so instrumental for them. And so it's not even so much like when I'm thinking about putting together something, it usually stems from what do I hear them saying that they actually need and want to help support them in taking action in their business? I love that. But I do also like that you mentioned, you know, you, you are specifically going with the cycle. So it's like listening to your body as well. So like acknowledging that because we don't feel a hundred percent throughout the whole day, throughout the whole month, you know, this is regardless. So it's, you know, acknowledging that part is going to be very helpful in, in just your overall creation and overall production process too. Right. So it's like being aware of that. It's going to be, it's going to be very crucial because then you'll be able to, to, to give best to, to help your, to help your, uh, solve your clients' problems. Totally. 100%. Really good observation. What you mentioned is the noticing what they're not saying that they're actually saying that's a really great thing to, to have like that observation because, um, it's like you, it's, let's say from a, a service provider, it's like, okay, what, what other questions do you have? Maybe that other person doesn't really know what they need to ask that they may not know that they need to ask a certain question. So that's where you come in as an expert in your area, in your niche. And then like, preemptively create these questions like, Hey, this is what you should know. Or what about if you consider this? And that's going to, that's one of the things that will really help you like stand out, but then niche at the same time. 100%. Yep. So you, you talk about, um, 
you talk about the creating that dream client trifecta. Can you tell us a little bit? Can you break that down? I totally can. So the dream client trifecta actually came from um, chatting with my group coaching students who were really just like struggling with like, how do I find those dream clients? Like that, that's like the biggest thing, right? Anytime you go into any sort of Facebook group or over on Instagram or whatever, like the biggest thing that I see people struggling with is like, well, how do I find clients? And with my group and, and where we're at in our businesses, like it's not just about finding clients, it's about finding the right clients. And so we have to be a little bit more strategic. And so I have put together this framework called the dream client trifecta, which are essentially like the three different things you have to have working together to end up landing your dream clients and like strategically landing your dream clients, not like hoping and falling upon potential people who might be your dream clients someday. Like we don't really know, right? That seems crazy. So within the dream client trifecta, you have to be networking. You have to be talking to people about what it is that you do specifically. And then the next piece is you have to be creating content and not, I think the thing we want to do with our content is we, we like want to create content. We want the content to be the thing that like brings all of the clients to us. And the thing that I tell all of my coaching clients and anybody who follows me is like, your content needs to be authority building. Like it's your, it's your bullet, your like billboard that says, this is the thing that I do and I do it really well. And so it's like that piece so that when you meet people and you're networking with them and they click on your profile, they can go binge a bunch of your content and they understand better what you do and how you can serve them. And that makes the conversation with them easier. And so then the next, the, the last piece of that trifecta is making sure that you're following up with people. That also tends to be the place where like, we don't, we fall off because it's hard to keep track of everything. And so like, you have to have a lead tracker or a like friend tracker, whatever you want to call it. You have to be tracking the people you're talking to and then following up with people and continuing to build relationships because it's those relationships that are going to allow you to vet people. And that's how you find the dream clients that you actually want to be working with. And so all three pieces have to be working in tandem. And here's the thing. At every part of our business, we really need to be doing all three things. But it's not going to look the same at every part of your business. If you're not actively looking for new clients, your networking piece is really just about like building relationships and getting to know people. And maybe it's a once a week kind of thing. Whereas if you're actively looking for clients, your networking needs to be super high priority. And maybe maybe the content creation is a little bit lower priority. And so that's the beautiful thing about the framework in general is it's not like this set number of times you need to be networking and the amount of content you need to be creating and number of follow-ups. It's really dependent upon you and your business. Absolutely. I love it. And it, I, I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned that it doesn't look the same in every stage or every season, uh, especially let's say you have, you're starting, starting so, so you, you definitely want to get that networking more aggressive, but then maybe you already built some, some, a list of, of 
you're in your audience, let's say your email, and then you're thinking of launching later on. So at least that networking, you may not necessarily look like that, that aggressive because then you can already directly reach out to that audience. So it's kind of like already a warm audience. So you've done the legwork previously. And then you can working on work on focus on the content creation so that you can market what you're about to launch and then do it doing so with with you know significant amount of time that you you get people like interested and intrigued by it and actually sign up for whatever that is that you're launching. One hundred percent. Yeah. And so like once you've done a lot of the networking game, that like initial conversation, then like the follow-up is really where the focus is because we're continuing to build those relationships. And if they're super warm, whatever you end up putting out into the world, they're going to be the ones that jump on it because you've been having conversations with them. Exactly. And like, for example, like as a photographer, I started my business as a photographer. So following Mm -hmm. up from a lead that you get, Hey, I'm interested Mm -hmm. in a wedding or I'm interested in a brand photo. Mm -hmm. And let's say that client actually has, uh, they ended up, uh, that lead ended up converting into a client that maybe you haven't uh, seen in a year or two years, whether that was, they got married or, or they, they initially hired hires you for some brand photos, like following up, touching, 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 uh, base with them. Like, hey, how are you? Hey, we we're launching some spring photos. Or do you need? Are you looking for like revamping or refreshing your photos? Or did you change something like that? So that's that's like a, a nice soft point. Just checking in with them, but then kind of you're you're putting yourself back in their mind um and in their inbox <laughs> so that you can totally. then follow and 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 that could probably like oh yeah maybe that could lead into oh yeah I, i've i've been wanting to to get some new family photos or something like that or or like new i got i cut my hair so i need new photos so you never totally know. <laughs> totally well and what's so funny like with photographers there's so many there's so many other pieces of content that you can create that are tangent to the work that you do. And so like we when we think about content creation, we immediately jump to the services that we provide, right? Like we want to be pushing out those specific services. And so like with photographers, you see a lot of them posting their beautiful pictures, which is amazing. But also you have these other pieces of content you can be giving them. And so if you specifically do like um, family photos or um, like family photos is a great example. The piece of content you can also give to them is like, cool, we took these pictures. Here's an idea of what you can do with them. Here's a wall collage that you can create that uses those pictures that we made. Um, use this website over here, like a Shutterfly, to go put them into this beautiful book that you can you can send out to grandparents. Or like, you know, September is Grandparents Day. Did you use your photos? You can create like this cool little custom thing to send to their grandparents. And it not only does it keep them top of mind, but like, you're showing them other ways to use the product that they have already bought from you. Absolutely. I personally, um, when I was doing more weddings and family portraits, I would always reach out closer to the holidays, either for two reasons. One, uh, if they wanted to um, get new photos for like the fall photos or for Christmas holiday pictures, especially Mm -hmm. if they haven't seen them in more than a year, but maybe I saw them in the spring and that I use that as an opportunity to say, Hey, did you know that you can also gift 
photos as Christmas gift. And that's like such a unique photo, such a unique gift because it's very special. It's very unique. It's, it's custom. So it has that emotional value. So there's definitely lots of ways that you can, like you said, create content, but really follow up, reach out and, and, and increase your income because that's obviously you're, you're going to get that, but (laughs) totally. Well, and quite honestly, over the last Oh shoot, like eight years since I got married, we've had a variety of different photographers that we've used because people just don't end up following up. Right. And so like, if I have a photographer who we've used before and they continue to just send me information that is somewhat relevant to like what we did together, um, they're absolutely going to be the first people that I reach out to because I don't want to have to go find a new photographer. That's a lot of work. And so if you want to be creating that recurring revenue, create it. First of all, having an email list is like a must and continuing to add value and like following up with them is, is huge. You have to be staying in contact with these people so that you do stay top of mind because I mean, even within my family, uh, my youngest is now like 17 months old. I can't totally keep track anymore. Um, (laughs) We did family photos back in at like the end of September and babies change so fast. So like, I mean, we could be ready to take family photos again because he just looks so much different and you want to change the vibe of the pictures in your house. And so definitely don't make these assumptions that like, you're not going to get return buyers multiple times in a year because you're making this assumption that they don't want to spend the money. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You can't, you can't assume. So from, I'm going to continue with that example of a photographer because that's majority of my audience here, but you know, you're talking about, we're talking about reaching out, following up and, and Mm -hmm. we're talking about like upsell or ways to upsell services without actually creating Mm -hmm. new, 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 like creating a new session, right? So this kind of goes back to systems and workflows, right? So what are some like best practices or things that we can think about as far as like setting up or creating a workflow that that and that usually just becomes one of those things that you see, hey, that that's like a typical pitfall. You need to think about that so that you don't fall into this this issue later in the future. So one of the biggest things that I see with putting systems together is like, we know and acknowledge that we need to have systems in our business. Like systems make our lives easier. One of the biggest things that I see though, is this desire to put all of the systems together before you're actually using them, which is very difficult to do. And so, you know, like you need to have an onboarding system so that when you get this new lead coming in, that everything flows really nicely and you get all of the information that you need. But trying to do that before you actually have the client in front of you, that gets to be very, very difficult to do. And so my best piece of advice is once you've are at the point where you've had a few clients coming in, you know that there are specific things that you like to do and specific things you don't like to do. With that next client that comes in, put together the like methodical system. So with your next client that you have, that's when you're going to set up the system for your onboarding and being very 
intentional with each step that you take. And so with the email that you send them, you're going to write out the email to that specific person, but then you're also going to take that email and turn it into a template. And so that's the first part. And then whatever you, if you don't have an onboarding packet yet, that just kind of lays out some really good, important details about working with you and how to reschedule things if need be. Um, Put that onboarding packet together this time around, send it out in your email, and then save it in a folder so that all of your stuff is in one place and you can come back to it. And so like decide, decide what your timeline is. Like two weeks out from, from when you're meeting with them, what sort of information do you need from them? Are you just sending them an email that says like, Hey, here's a reminder. Here's when we're meeting. Here's the location, whatever information you need from them. And here's the biggest thing for all of the photographers who are listening to this. One of the best things that you can give to people even if you already have it as a freebie, even if they already signed up for it, if you have some sort of styling guide to help them figure out what to wear, your people will always come back to you. Always. Because that tends to be one of the biggest things that's like, what do I even freaking wear to this thing? And then you spend like three hours the night before trying to figure out what everybody's outfits are. And so back to the systems question, having those pieces, putting those pieces together as you're doing it and being very intentional and recording that process down as you're doing it is going to help you create the system. Beautiful. That is so true. Good point. Like we, we know, we definitely know that we need these systems, but, but we, you won't know exactly how your system to look like until you actually put it into practice and you don't, you know, you just need to do it. Right. And then learn from that experience and also like getting feedback, you know, after you're completed a project, getting feedback from your client, that is going to really help you figure out what areas you can improve upon within that system. Absolutely. And, and also be really careful that you're not trying to put too many systems together at one time. Yeah. Like I would encourage you to focus on one system at a time. Um, or else it gets really overwhelming and you can't keep track of things and you're not being super intentional. They start to bleed into each other. That's true. So just be really intentional and record the steps in some sort of document. It can be a Google Doc. It can be in something like a ClickUp or Asana or Trello or whatever you want to use. Just so long as you have it in one specific place and can come back to it and reference it. Exactly. And, and that's really, that's, I'm glad that you mentioned that, that it could be any of these like more simpler softwares or even like a Google document or a, okay. a spreadsheet, because, um, there are applications like HoneyBook, for example, like there are dedicated CRMs for that and will help you have, um, you know, systems and workflows and tax and all that fun stuff. But then there is an investment. And as you're starting out, then you need to figure out what are you what are you going to invest in first? First, and that's going to look very different from business to business. Um, so, um, so, something as simple as a Google uh, a Google spreadsheet or a Google document, like you're mentioning, you can just add the. I have the option of having a, a check mark and like check it for client. Totally, totally. Well, and here's the thing: we like want to jump immediately to those things like HoneyBook and Dubsado that are going to help with the automation piece, which is totally great to use something like that. But those pieces don't function if you don't already have the system laid out, and so you have to do the the methodical, intentional system work first to lay it out. Then you can take that information and put it into something like a HoneyBook or a Dubsado, and 
then the automation piece works really well for you. But you can't you can't skip the step of being super intentional and doing everything manual like the first couple of times around. Beautiful. That's actually a great. I, I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned that because it's kind of like the same way that in terms of like equipment, like you don't want to get you don't necessarily need that the most expensive camera because we often fall in that pitfall of oh, if I get that really expensive camera, my work is going to be great. And I'm going to be booking so many more people. If you don't know how to use it, if you don't know how to take photos, exactly. you need to grow mm -hmm. into it because it's, especially photography, but a lot of in the creative, creator, creator fields, a lot of these things, you know, there is an, a significantly large amount of investment that goes forward um, that you'll need to do at the beginning. So, you know, with photography alone, just getting a camera you can't take pictures without having a camera, whether you rent it or you buy it. So it's like you, you need to build up to it and know where you're going to invest and be very intentional in that, not in your investment, but you know, intentional in your decision making when you are organizing that client workflow and that experience, because you are also, you know, building an experience for yourself as a business owner. Right? Going back to that lifestyle totally. lifestyle that you mentioned, totally. right? I mean, as a photographer. You don't have like, it's kind of like teaching. That's what I did before I went into this. Like your job is to like go and take the pictures, right? But like, that's not your only job. You also have all of the other stuff that you have to do too. You have to edit the pictures. You have to like do all of the back end work of your business. And so you want to get, I, I totally understand wanting to jump to that automation piece because you just don't want to be spending all of your time in your business. But if you jump there without having clear systems, it's actually going to be detrimental to your business, not helpful. And I mean, client retention is also going to be incredibly helpful for you. And having a really streamlined system is going to help with that client retention. But so is being really personable and making sure that everything is well put together before you jump to the automation piece. Part of the things that you talk about is is you know helping mothers to have that you know build that that lifestyle, uh, working under a certain amount of hours a, a week so that they can then do other things that bring them joy. And part of that, you know, as we're talking about systems, um, and you and and talking about knowing that we need to create do the do the thing do the the process so that we can then build the system and and tweak it as needed. But then also, that's looking at it from the starting position, like, you know, we're looking at scaling. So how do... And that's where you go back. And that's where you're talking about that what you do is not just the starting up, but also like how to continue running the business. So we have these, mm -hmm. these, this framework as, the, as we're building the template, which is then going to help us when we decide that, hey, we, wanna, we, went that, we want that 20-hour week. So now we need to outsource. And if we have an assistant, totally. right, if you have a virtual assistant, they won't be successful if they don't know what they need to do, but you need to do that legwork. 100%. It, one of the biggest mistakes that I see with business owners is they want to hire a virtual assistant or someone to come in and take something off of their plate. And they expect that person to know how to do it even though they don't even know how they want it done. And so if you want your virtual assistant to actually save you time, which is like, that's the ultimate goal, right? Like we want to be able to scale a business. We don't want to be doing the things that don't light us up. Um, 
if you want them to actually save you time, you do have to know how you need it to be done and you have to be incredibly specific. And the other biggest piece of advice that I would give is if you're going to hand something off, hand the entire task. So like if you're going to do social media management, that's the thing that you're, you're handing off to somebody. Don't just have them write the captions for you and you're going to still take on scheduling and then engaging with people. That's not actually going to save you a whole bunch of time. Even if the caption writing is the piece that you hate the most, like that's going to save you a little bit of time. But if you still have to go in and manually schedule things and engage with people, you're still tied to the platform. You're handing off an entire task so that you're not worrying about any part of that. And to piggyback in one on that three, that dream client trifecta, the second portion, which was, which was the content creation, piggybacking that with social media, it's like, okay, knowing what, what it is, what are your core pillars? What are you talking about? Uh, what is the structure that you want to put out there for your social media so that you can communicate that to who, whomever you wish to hire as your virtual assistant so that they can... They know what message they're going to put out there um, along with, you know, doing the actual task of writing, creating, designing, if that's what they're doing and scheduling and everything. So, so like the same way that you'll create the systems for that, for the client experience, you create the systems to know what type of content you're creating based on the services that you offer and the, the core Absolutely. pillars that you have as Absolutely. your business. The other thing that I would encourage every single business owner to do when we're talking about like doing content creation is using the process of content repurposing so that you're not feeling like you have to be creating a whole bunch of brand new content for every single thing that you're putting out there. Um, which I mean, content repurposing is my first love in the freelancing world. So like we could t- spend all day talking about that. Um, <laughs> but if that's something that you're interested in, I'd be happy to chat with people more about how to make that happen with inside of their business so that like you're getting you're leveraging the pieces of content you've already created and it doesn't feel as scary to have somebody come in and create content for you because they're just repurposing the pieces of content you've already created. Absolutely. It's, it's so, I like, I love the process of create, like repurposing the content because like pulling everything apart, like you build it and you put it apart into pieces. (laughs) You're not, you don't need to reinvent the wheel. (laughs) Nobody Nobody has time for that. (laughs) That's some of the struggle, right? We feel like it has to be this like brand new idea that, nobody has ever talked about, including ourselves. And it's like, no, you talk about the same things over and over and over again. And it's actually really helpful because people need to hear the same message over and over and over again. So don't feel like you're like cheating the system by by repurposing a piece of content you've already used and created before. Elise, this is awesome. I think I could I could oh hop on, on that same conversation on repurposing because I really enjoy That's it. it. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's so important for sure. Absolutely. (laughs) It's definitely important. Yeah, it's it's part of that, you know, how you build that 20 hour week, work week, or whatever, you know, framework of of business life balance that you want to create that that really just facilitates the the overall workflow, but then it helps you enjoy what you do. I mean, that's 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 one of the biggest reasons why we go into owning our business, building something that we that we feel is totally. you know, comes from within, right? Not Absolutely. just because we have Absolutely. to. So I really appreciate this conversation. I love it. I enjoy it. And can you, um, 
is there, do you have a freebie? Is there, how can people reach totally. out to you, connect so, with you? Uh, first and foremost, I have a Facebook group. It's called the Sustainable Business Collective for Mamas over in Facebook. It's an awesome place to be. Um, you can also find me over on Instagram. Uh, my handle, so my name is spelled a little bit, a little bit goofy. Thanks, mom and dad. Um, <laughs> so my handle is Elise, E-L-L-Y-S-E underscore Colson, C-O-L-S-O-N underscore. Um, so come find me over on Instagram too. And I do actually have a freebie that goes into more in depth into the dream client trifecta and just gives you some examples of how to like put that whole process together for yourself so that it doesn't feel so daunting and overwhelming. And because I know like networking is the thing that we all have to do with inside of our businesses. And quite honestly, it kind of like sucks the joy, right? Like most of us are like, oh crap, I have to go network again. It's like this thing on your to-do list, but we're going to bring some joy back into it. So you're like, cool, I get to go serve people and help them. Um, so uh, I will make sure that Yesenia has the link for that and you can go and download it and just like really dive into that. And you guys, I love talking to people. So send me a message, like ask me any of the questions. Serving my face off is like my favorite thing to do. So like, don't ever feel like you're bothering me. I have have very good boundaries. So we'll be fine. Don't worry. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. And we will be having all these links and ways to connect with Elise on today's show notes. So you can definitely check that out. Um, if you're driving <laughs> while listening to it, don't Please do that don't right do now. That do it later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't do that. <laughs> Just tune in. <laughs> Elise, thank you so, so very much for joining me on another on today's episode. And everybody, thank you for tuning in on the podcast or watching us here on YouTube and I'll see you on the next time. Thanks for tuning in on another episode of the Focus and Bloom podcast. Be sure to leave us a review on iTunes so that we can continue creating more content like this and go ahead and visit today's show notes at focusandbloomstudios.com slash show notes. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Focus and Bloom podcast. If you like what you heard, don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And while you're there, go ahead and leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform. Your feedback means the world and it helps others discover the show. And if you want to get your hands on more video podcasting resources, head on over to focusandbloomstudios.com and check out our tools and resources for video podcasters and content creators just like you. I'll see you on the next episode.